Welcome to Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it, and the real estate that defines it. I'm Sina Lloyd, here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Garrett Lapierre. In addition to another great guest interview, we'll be chatting about the going-ons at the Carson City Library and all the relevant info on the local real estate market. Stay with us. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Carson Chatter Podcast. Our guest today is, Su- is Susan Sorensen from the Northern Nevada Dream Center. Thanks for being on the show, Susan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You betcha. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and also a little bit uh, about the Northern Nevada Dream Center. I'd love to. So I've lived in Carson for 23 years, um, raised my family here, came from California like a lot of other people, right? Yep. And um, I have three grown sons and have been um, running the Dream Center for four years this June. So I have a real heart for the city. Um, I'm excited to share with you how much we love Carson City. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what the Northern Nevada Dream Center does and, and what, the, what the gap you're trying to fill there is. Well, um, from the beginning, we've always wanted to not compete or... Um, duplicate services in town so our goal is to reach people that aren't being reached so um, we're 100% volunteer run and almost 90% of what we do we go out into the city we do have a small pantry that's open um, just on Fridays but we have food trucks that deliver food and free clothing Um, we have a workplace training program so we're looking for that need that's not being filled and then um, just working towards filling it as best as we can right yeah. Okay, so I mean, what, what areas does, does this cover? Is this just Carson City or? We actually serve Lyon County, Douglas County, Carson, primarily in Carson City, but um, we do deliveries of food each week to people that don't have transportation. We delivered food out to Silver Springs and Stagecoach last week. So we, we get calls from, from all areas and we have volunteers from all, all counties. Perfect. So how did this kind of come to fruition? How, how did it get started? Well, um, I've been doing work in Carson for since 2010. The Dream Center officially incorporated and became a nonprofit in June of 2014. Okay. So be, prior to that, I was um, at my church. There were a couple of women in our women's group, and God kind of placed on our hearts different people in town that I don't know. I grew up, I raised my kids here, was a soccer mom and everything, and I didn't see the need. You know, you kind of get absorbed in, in your life, and you're doing the mom thing and, and working. Mm-hmm. And um, we just started seeing needs that we weren't aware of before, so we started just partnering with other organizations and doing small projects. Like, we did bags for the women's at, um, at for the women um, that are in advocates in domestic violence. We um, started doing toiletry bags for the people that the Bridge Church would see. So just little projects here and there, and then things just sort of multiplied and grew. And then as we um, kept seeing more need, more people joined us, and we ended up with a core group of about 60 or 70 volunteers. And then wow. eventually it evolved into the Dream Center. Great. Yeah. 
Okay, what are what are the needs um, in Carson City for people in poverty, underemployed, living in motels, and and or the homeless? Well, we primarily work with with people that live in neighborhoods that are in need, and then we do a we do a lot of outreach to people that live in motels, and. It, it's surprising. I wasn't aware of how many motels are in our city and how many people live there permanently. Um, the number's astonishing. And I had read an article in the paper about um, the Rand Motel, which is now the Silver State Inn, mm -hmm. and how the manager had, had been choked by her boyfriend in the parking lot. And it, to back up a little bit, I knew I was supposed to connect with people somehow and it seems like feeding people you really connect with people there's something about sitting down and eating with them and breaking bread so I wanted to feed people but the more we were out in the city we knew people couldn't get to us so I didn't know what it looked like to go feed people mm -hmm. and um, I read this article and I thought well I think I'll go feed people there so I walked onto the property, I spoke with the manager, it turned out to be the, it, it was two months after I'd read the article in the paper, it was a lady that I had actually read the article about, and I said, could we bring you a hot meal and just come and, and feed you? So that was the start of all our motel outreach. We now feed over 200 people at seven different motels. So the, the real thing is just to show up, feed people, um, we take free clothing, sometimes we'll have pet food, toiletries, however we can just connect with people and and fill the need and probably the most shocking thing to me is that people thank you for seeing them so I think the need in our city is people that feel lost they um, may not have any kind of family as backup or friends and they feel unseen so to have someone thank you to for, just for seeing them when all I did was take a meal and a few free things to, to, to hand to them mm -hmm. is pretty humbling and it, it makes you realize how great the need is. Well, and, and I think people don't realize, people get stereotyped as being either a crazy person with mental health issues or um, get, you get stereotyped as being a drug addict that end up living in these motels. Right. Is that what you see on a daily basis or is that um, a wrong stereotype? Well, yes, there are people with addiction problems, but there's a lot of um, families there, a lot of single moms, a lot of children, a lot of um, teenage girls. Um, it, it tugs at your heart. It breaks your heart to see people that are really struggling. And so many are just one week's rent away from being homeless. So we don't work as much with the homeless as other organizations in town do. We really work with that person that just needs some kind of encouragement, a hand up, um, and maybe we're gonna bridge the gap until they can get out on their own. So we've helped over 20 families move into their own apartment out of motels. So we'll come alongside them once they get to that point where they can move out and we'll provide furniture and towels and sheets and dishes and whatever, because basically they're moving out with their clothes and maybe uh, you know a electric skillet or something like that, so not a lot. And then, in the interim, if they're if they're not able to move out yet, we we try to just come alongside them and encourage them. Um, the first family we helped move out, she had lived. It was a single mom with two kids, no addiction problems or anything. She just didn't think she could move out. And it, we came alongside her. She had some DMV fees, other things that she had lost her social security card, other things that just overwhelmed her. Right. 
And once we, we helped her with one small thing and she knew that we were standing next to her and that we saw her and that we were gonna stick with her, she got all this courage and just moved up and, and moved out. She's on no kind of assistance. She completely supports herself, saving for a new house and just bought her first car. So it's really just connecting with people. So we're meeting physical needs, but we're really meeting physical needs so we can build relationship and connect with people and encourage them and, and, and help them from there to get into their own home. Um, what is your, what, or what are some examples of the Northern Nevada Dream Center um, coming to the aid of families and people in need? You gave that first example, right? Um, but are there any others that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, I'd love to. I have so many stories, and the stories are the best part. Um, we were at the Silver State Inn last week. We pulled up. We usually have a team of eight or ten people each motel, and we pulled up, and we're getting the food out, and usually people are waiting for us. They're coming to help. They want to be part of what we're doing. Um, and this young man came up to you. He was probably, probably the age of my oldest son, and he handed me a $100 bill. And I looked at him, and he said, You fed me and clothed me two years ago when I was a drug addict, and I can't even tell you what motel it was in. All I know is it had black doors. Well, right away I knew what motel it was. And he said, I just want to pay you back because um, you changed my life. So to me, that's what keeps us going because all of us are volunteers. We all work full-time um, or, or part-time or something. You know, So to see fruit like that and see people... Um, because I think we fed him once or twice, but it left a lasting impact that someone cared for him. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, there's just a lot of stories like that. We try to we follow up with a lot of people. So on the side, we might go out and do outreach, but a lot of our volunteers form relationships. They go back to the motels. They you know might deliver something that someone needs, but it's all about relationships. So they go back and they visit and. Um, I have a gentleman that I've been visiting at, he's at Mountain View um, over by Rayleigh's. I've been visiting him for almost five years now. He has no family in town. So if I stop by once a week and I, he likes pizza, I'll take him a pizza or something like that. So it, it's it, everything we've done over the years has kind of been outside of, I know been outside of my comfort zone, walking onto a motel, what do I do? But um it, it's been super rewarding. It's it's a blessing to the giver and the receiver. It's it's well, and and, and that ties in. We had uh, Randy gone here for the last episode, and we talked about uh, two different things. Talked about muscle power, but we also talked about meals on two wheels. I've read about that. Very cool program. It, yes, very cool. So we deliver groceries. Okay. Um, it's so great that he delivers the meals too. So um, we probably deliver between to between 20 and 40 people a month. So we just started doing this because we open our pantry and sometimes we'll see people that have gotten food elsewhere. Or So we've really, we really are um, focused on meeting the need. Who's not getting fed? Right. So our pantry is very limited when it's open. So we, do, we have volunteers that deliver um, fresh groceries right to people's houses. So meat, produce... Know, whatever we happen to have in that week right. and then they get to spend a little time with them just like um, Randy was talking about because so many people are alone yep. 
and they 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 don't eat. Correct. Number one, but then the loneliness and um, just the chance to see them and talk to them is really important. Our volunteers just love it. And then we get a lot of great feedback about, we have one volunteer, I don't know if she even weighs 100 pounds, but they just love her and she shows up with these big boxes of groceries. And um, so it, it, it's looking for those kind of needs that are an important thing. Correct. Great. Yeah. And, 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 and both of those, both of those tie-ins are people crave that human interaction. Yes. They, they, they crave yeah. those conversations and to have someone to talk to and yeah. then to share stories with. Yeah. So, you know, more, more, more than anything, you know, that's, that's nutrition. I mean, that, yes. that keeps them going. Yeah. I know. I, I couldn't believe it the first time someone said, thank you for seeing me. I mean, it, it's hard to imagine that if you are, you know, seen, I guess. It's just, it was just, a, it was shocking for me to understand that people don't feel seen, they feel so invisible. Correct. And if you're home alone all day, I mean, that's probably even a stronger feeling, so. Without doubt, yeah. without doubt. And especially, you know, you don't have family in the area. You yes. know, it's not like they're just gonna pop in, you know, maybe once a week or twice mm -hmm. a week or whatever. I mean, it's, it, it makes it a lot tougher. Yeah. So, so in trying to provide these services, besides resources, I mean, we all need more money and more, more food and things like right. that. Um, what's been the biggest challenge or the biggest obstacle that you faced in trying to provide these services here in Carson? Well, I have to say, we, I, I think we're pretty blessed. We started out in a 400 square foot room then we moved to like crammed into four rooms, 1,500 square feet. We're now in a 4,000 square foot warehouse awesome. on Highway 50. All of it done through donations, private donations. Um, we have a 20-something campaign so people can just give $20 a month. Um, all our volunteers are super supportive. So I feel like um, we've had favor and and it, it sometimes it's hard, you know, working and volunteering, but it, it's... It's worth it. Um, just to cover a few of the other services, we have a workplace training program. So mm -hmm. we train in Microsoft Office, um, how to use a computer, how to write your resume. And you can also um, study for the high school equivalency exam. Um, we have a mentoring program for young teens that we're launching in June. So we're going to be targeting the girls that live at the motels. It's a um, self-esteem, who I am, identity type of program. It's curriculum that's used all over the United States, and it's called Mirror Mirror. Um, we also, uh, we've provided over 5,000 bags of toiletries to the homeless in the last six years. So we partner with other organizations in town to do that. And, and in Reno, a couple uh, groups hand out our toiletries. We have free clothing. We hand out close to 1,000 pieces of free clothing a month. Um, our food pantry, we have five food truck rights now routes now. We um, partner with, um, in Jesus' name, I don't know if you've heard that, it's a medical ministry here in town, so they provide free medical care. Wow. They have a lo one location each month all over northern Nevada. Um, I think that's a, that's kind of, that, so we do a lot with a little. Right, right. Um, donations, are, of course, are always great. It pays the rent and keeps the lights on, things like that. Um, we would let, anyone can come volunteer with us. Um, I don't know. Our city's our city loves well. I think mm -hmm. so. We've been able to move forward and 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 do what we're doing. Well, I, I couldn't agree more. I think Carson City's heart is is always big. You know, I whether agree. It's, you know th this demographic or other demographics. You know, time and time again, we step up to the plate. Yeah. So the one thing that I've always found curious um, is. 
how do you how do you reach these people? How do you how do you market? How do you advertise? How do you get your word out to the people who need your services? Um, social media, of course, it's amazing what social media can do. We when we know we're, we're when we've picked an area where we want to go and meet people and form relationships, we do a lot of flyers. We go door to door and we knock on the doors. We say, "This is who we are. Here's a flyer. Our food truck's going to be in your neighborhood." every four Saturday at 10 a.m., and here's your six-month schedule. So, And then word of mouth. You know, um, we go to the motels regularly, and we decided to have everyone at the motels come to us last month. It was like a trial run, have a barbecue. They can come and go through the food pantry, stuff like that. And I had no idea what it was going to look like, and we had over 100 people come. And then we had phone calls, White, you're not coming. We need a ride. So then we threw the van together and a volunteer and went and picked people up. So it's a good community thing. I think it it builds community that that they don't have. So, um, yeah. Good. It's... Okay. And then in a perfect world, where do you see the Northern Nevada Dream Center in five years? And how can we as a community help you guys get there? Mm-hmm. Well, I, um, like I talked about community, I think it's so important for people to have a place to go where they feel loved and they can connect with each other. So I would like to have, I mean, we go out like I said, 90% of the time. But um, like with our mirror, mirror that's starting, we're going to bring the girls back to the Dream Center. They're going to get to eat dinner if they want, shop for clothes. We've started making special clothing racks just for teenage girls with all kinds of fun clothes on them. Um, We'd like to take them out to go because really their playground is the parking lot at the motel. And, And they go to school, but they don't get to go fun places. So I think I'd like to see... Um, that a place to have that community, a place where someone can come and, you know, um, we've, we thought we'd go from 1,500 square feet to 4,000 and be fine. We filled the building the first day we got there. So we have space to hang out and, and have fun and everything, but I would want to see something larger where people felt like they had somewhere safe to go, somewhere where they knew they would be loved and, and get the help they need. Great. I know. I know. In the last question for you, I, I know the city's been working on some policies over the last year, maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, one of the big things was they wanted to shut down the the, the monthly motel kind of living. Right. Yeah. Um, first of all, are you guys part of that conversation? And how do you think that will either help or hurt you in the, in providing the services you're trying to provide? Well. Um the motels is, is probably a fourth of the people that we reach. Okay. So we reach a lot of people through um, other avenues, uh, our food deliveries, our food trucks. Um, I did go to a couple um, city council meetings when the topic first came up. I haven't been in the conversation recently. And, of course, I know the city's aware of that. What do you do with the... I think... I think at the time they quoted, they said there were 34 or 36 motels, more than half are permanent residents. And I know a lot of seniors live in motels because um, with, with all the um, utilities included in the rent, it's cheaper than living um, in an apartment. Way so, cheaper. Yeah, and it, it actually provides them some kind of community because they're not in an apartment all alone. They have, so it, it's a dilemma. But um, 
I think there's other solutions to the problem than just closing them. And now that the economy's better, like I was telling you earlier, I thought we would have seen a shift where people would get jobs. And we have seen people get jobs, but then rent and, and the lack of housing in our community, um, I don't, if you close them, what are you going to do with all those people, really, in, in the end? That's the problem. So, and I'd invite people to get to know people that live at the motels. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of families there. Yes, you have people that have addiction problems. Um, yes, you have people that are going to take advantage of the help that's offered to them. But most know. And to see single moms, um, we have one single mom that we're, we've been helping for about a year now, and she, ha she just found out she has cancer. So where does that leave her? And she doesn't have a car, so we... we you know, she has friends that drive her. We help them with gas. She's got to get to doctors. She has two young girls. Um, every situation is unique, and every person, you you know, you like you said, do we do we see the stereotype that, that people believe? It, it, it's not true. There's precious people there that um, I'm personal friends with, you know, over the years, and it, it, it's important that we give them a, a way up and out instead of just we're closing the doors. Agreed. Yeah. Well, and, and I think as a country, we've had a lot of friction with <coughs> people that get stereotyped one way or another. Whether those are whether those are immigrants, whether those are drug addicts, whether those are or, or other types of groups that, on a daily basis, we hear. And what I've gleaned from this conversation we've had today is. It's about humans treating humans mm -hmm. as humans, yeah. and people and treating people with dignity and respect. Yeah. Um, and and if we all did that, because I realize that there's going to be a time, hopefully, when I'm a 75 year old man, that I'm going to need some help, you know, here, or there, or the next thing. And and um, if we don't do it, do it right when we're 35 years old, you know, that karma may not be sitting well for us when we're 75 years old. And um, you know, I, I I I think what you're doing is amazing, yeah, and you're. you're you're serving a group of people that, that A, really need the help. Um, but I think the lesson that really can be learned from what your group is doing is let's all just treat each other better. Let's all, everyone's a human. You know, let's all treat each other like human beings. So. Well, God says to love him first with all our hearts and then love our neighbors like we love ourselves. Love it. So. Love it. We love, we love people. Good. Well, and thank you for what you're doing because this this is a segment of the population that, that needs your help. They need advocates. You know, you talked about standing by them and supporting them. That, that I think more than anything else is probably the one thing that they when they go to bed at night they go, man, I have a friend. I have someone who cares about me. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. Like I have a large family. I have backup, right? What if you don't have any backup? Friends, family, whatever that looks like, yep. it would be a scary place to be. Agreed. Okay. Well, do you guys have any events coming up in the community? We do. So on June 21st from 4.30 to 6.30, we have an open house. Anyone that would like to come see where we are is, is welcome. Um, do you want me to address? We're yeah, at, please. Yes, we're please. at um, 3579 Highway 50. We're in Unit 211. So we're in the iStorage Business Complex across from Goodwill, right next to the new amazing Classy Seconds Thrift Store. Yep. 
so you'll find us in there. We'll have signs and everything directing people, but that's on June 21st, 4.30 to 6.30. And then we do have a citywide food drive coming up July 27th. It's, uh, we'll be at the Carson Mall. We're going to have drive-through drop-off from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And um, we, we feed about 1,500 people per month, so we're, we're lean all the time. We probably move through three to 5,000 pounds of food a week. So we always need food, okay. non-perishable, non-expired. So in, in ahead of our big food drive day, you can find bins right now at Carson City, Toyota, and Ford, and just donate food right there. And we'll, we'll run by and empty the bins. So they are, they're helping us out. They're having a few radio spots, but getting the word out, that would help us get through to our, our big food drive. Awesome. Yeah. So, and the big food drive is July 27th. And then leading up to that, you can go buy Carson Toyota. And what was the other one? Uh, Ford. And Ford. Um, and drop off non-perishable or canned items. And then on the 27th, it's 8 to 8 at the Carson Mall. Yeah. Uh, and then the open house, um, which, is at, which is at your new facility, is going to be the 21st of June. That's a Thursday. I know that because it's family movie night on the plaza. So go to the open house from 4 to 6.30 and then come over to the family uh, movie night on the plaza. We're going to be showing the sand lot. So that's a, that's a great one. But open house, June 21st, 4 to 6.30. Susan, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Carson Chatter. You can subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud apps to get new episodes as they are uploaded. Once you've subscribed, please leave a review as it makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Please engage with us via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by simply searching for Carson Chatter. You can also email us at carsonchatterpodcast at gmail.com. See you again soon, and please don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast.